Hello and welcome back to Happily Ever Random. I'm Ginny and unfortunately I am not joined by my brother Troy tonight. He could not make it because of scheduling, but we are joined by our cousin Freddie tonight. Hello, here again. Once again, one of our frequent guests, um, other than Pam and Justin. Uh, so Pam has, I think, four episodes now. Mm-hmm. And Justin's been on three now. No. And I think this will be your third? I think it's my third. Mm-hmm. I believe. So, no, you did JFK, mm-hmm. the technology dependence, mm-hmm. the last one you and I... So this will be your fourth. This will be my fourth, because I think yeah. the last one we did was the... The zero? Let's Talk About Our Thirties. Yeah, their thirties. That's right. That's always <laughs> our, our happily ever random thirties. Like, what? Like how yeah. have you progressed from yeah. your twenties to thirties? Which like, was yes. super fun conversation. That was, cool. that was cool. But so yeah, you're up there with Pam now. Cool, well, right there <laughs> with everybody. So, um, real quick, guys, just as a kind of announcement for y'all, um, Troy, as y'all know, we have said on the show many, many times, his wife is pregnant and they are having their second child. She is due any day now. Um, so giving him a chance to just kind of focus on his family, focus on his new baby, his wife and their current son, David, we are going to actually be taking a small break from the show. Kind of like how a TV show has seasons. We're going to consider this end of season one, and then we'll pick back up in a couple months, um, after our break. And that will begin our season two. So we're just going to kind of give Troy a chance to dive into fatherhood of two children <laughs> let him learn the ropes on that so <laughs> you're not outnumbered yet so yeah. that's okay so yeah you're not super so but we will come back after this episode we'll come back in a couple months and pick back up where we stopped so do not fear we are not leaving forever <laughs> <laughs> not yet <laughs> yes not, not, yet. Yet. not yet so but tonight we wanted to just kind of bounce some questions off each other um, I found this, I found these, these questions from, actually, I found it on a TikTok. Okay. It was this girl that had like this whole series of videos where she was reading out these conversation questions that she had. She had like a list on her phone of conversation questions that she has to ask people in order to get them, get to know them better. Mm-hmm. Like new friends or family members that she's not close to or whatever the case may be, or like on a date mm-hmm. Whatever. So I thought that sounded like a fun thing to do. So I went through and I watched her videos and I kind of took down notes on which questions I thought would be really fun to talk about. Okay. So we picked out a couple of them. So we're just going to kind of bounce off each other and answer some questions and maybe get a little deep on a few of them. (laughs) 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 Maybe some of them will be just fun, Mm -hmm. funny. Ramble, tangents, all that good stuff. It'll be fun. Disclaimer, though, um, we're not experts at anything, so if we talk about anything, it's just our shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And there might be a little bit of adult content, maybe. Mm, uh, Maybe. Maybe. Not really. A couple curse words. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, honestly, I quit even doing a disclaimer on cursing, Mm because I'm like, I think it's just so commonplace now that I'm just like, eh, fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) I like the way you put that. So it makes everything pretty easy now. We broke the ice. Yeah. So, but, um, oh, but I did want to tell you this real quick before we start. You will think this is hilarious. Good. So this past weekend, my parents were out of town. 
You had a they party. went to my sister's house for the weekend down and, by Corpus. Then you threw a party. No, but <laughs> I, my daughter and I were super bored Saturday. And I was sitting on the couch trying to think of something to do. And I, it was like a light bulb went off. And I was like, oh, yes. You tell me you went and wrapped their house. No, but <sighs> it's even better. So I went into my daughter's room and I was like, hey, are you bored? And she was like, yeah. And I said, do you want to go to Grandma Barbara's house and do something really stupid but really funny? And she goes, uh, depends on what it is. <laughs> so I told her my idea. And I had seen it from, a, I had found it from a TikTok one day. And she goes, yes. <laughs> so the original idea was to buy a bag full of tiny ducks, like miniature little, miniature sized mm-hmm. ducks and hide them all over my parents' house. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't find ducks. What did you put? So we found at Hobby Lobby, we found these packets. They were eight to a packet of just random animals. Like there were like unicorns, dragons, dinosaurs, farm animals, sea animals, and mini Christmas trees. Perfect. So we, I bought like 10 bags of them. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, you, you can see actually right there on the island, that little Ziploc bag. We didn't end up using all of them. I have a few left. This is so cool. You've so, got... <laughs> the stegosaurus, whales, yes. elephants. So we went and hid them all over so my parents' cool. house. We did make a few obvious so they would find it. But they came home Monday and she hadn't my mom hadn't said anything. So she finally texted me today at 6:30 and said, "Did you plant little plastic animals in my house?" And I went, "What?" What? No. She's like, I have found four tiny animals, three in the kitchen and one in my bathroom. You're the only person that's been in my house. So, <laughs> so I video called her and I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about with this <laughs> shit eating grin on my face. And yep. she was like, really? Really? <laughs> the gift that so, keeps so I told her what we did and she was like, how many are there, Jenny? I was like. <laughs> I have no idea, Mom. Hundreds. She's like, seriously? I said, no, I, I really I really don't know how many there are. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're going to be finding them for a while because we hit them pretty good. They... <laughs> You'll find them like, all when you move well, are they in every room of the house? And I was like, well, they're not in the laundry room and they're not in the garage. Let's so, leave it at that. So otherwise, you're going to be finding yeah. stuff for a long time. Yeah. Did I, uh... So she just sent me a picture earlier, too, of the ones that she's found so far that she put in a little <laughs> Ziploc bag. <laughs> So me and the kids were bored like that one day, and uh, my wife was like out of town or something like that. And like, hey, let's go to the store and find something to hide around the house. So um, mom slash Michelle finds them. I'm like, she's like, okay. We go. We got like a big old hundred count bag of fake roaches, like legit <laughs> fake like tree roaches, man. Oh. Yeah, and they're like all plastic, but they look real. And oh. man, we hid them everywhere around the house. When I tell you six months later that was the gift that kept on giving with screams, <laughs> it really, really was. Well, it was we're wonderful. having the Christmas at my mom's on the seventeenth with my stepbrothers and all them. So I'm kind of expecting to go there and her still be finding them that day. And, <laughs> and my stepbrothers are going to find it hilarious. They're going to find so, it hilarious. And they're going to find some too. That's yeah. Gonna be great. I can't wait. So I think it's going to be really super fun. So. Do they have the Christmas tree up? Yeah. You should have put some in the Christmas tree. I, my daughter might have. Okay, Hannah yeah, might I, have. I hope I'm so. not sure. I hope but, so. Because, yeah. man, they'd be like, what's this doing? It's like, this she is said the smallest that she, one The I first have. one she found was in the shower because my daughter hid one on the little 
shelf of the shower. Yeah. And she was like, I was in the shower and I just looked over and there was this tiny little crab. (laughs) (laughs) So. (laughs) You should have have wrapped their house. It would have been awesome. But, so anyways, I just wanted to share that real quick because I thought it was hilarious. It was super fun. You did a good job. I I like those ideas. And it's like, those are really, really fun. And especially if you're just bored. And it's like, that one's fun scavenger hunts you know yeah. like go find this go find that hey we gotta go get this go get that and then like I, I used to create like silly little scavenger hunts for Kenna when she was little when we had a our lake house up in East Texas mm-hmm. it was um, on Toledo Bend mm-hmm. and there's nothing to do it's out, up in this it's little town called Hemp nowhere. Hill in yeah, East Texas there's the nothing in Hemp Hill except for like a Dollar General mm-hmm. and a gas station mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well, that's <laughs> so how it is there's nothing to do there there's nothing to so, do I, my mom and I used to create scavenger hunts for her to where it was like we would drive around town and it was something that she would have to see. Yes. You know, and be like, oh, I see the red flower. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's on the list. Okay, you can mark it off. You know, yeah, it's like, car, like it's like car bingo before yeah. there were iPads when we were kids. <laughs> you know, like we, so we, we used to do that stuff. for her when she was little. But Dude, I, I completely understand. So, yeah, because it was... When we when you go stay at certain places, like especially in Colorado, when there's like nothing out there, mm-hmm. you gotta find something to yeah. do, you know. So it's yeah. like I just try to find places to where I can make things to do. And man, like we went to Colorado and stayed in this house on like a ledge, kind of like a ridge thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, it had like three stories. Like it was the log cabin. It moved when the wind got really heavy. Ooh. Like it was pretty cool. Like doing it wrong, and it, but it was a nice place. It really was. But uh, you know, there's snow everywhere outside. But it like it dropped down like a like a ridge. Like it's going like it's yeah. a hard ski slope. Well, they're like, Dad, what are we gonna do? And I was like, Well, we'll play around in the snow, throw snowballs. And then it's like, Well, my butt finally got out there with a shovel and started digging like a like a trench. Trench. <laughs> well, I call it a trench. What it ended up being was like a bobsled, like you know, run pretty much <laughs> like through this yard and like two three foot deep snow man i like dug it out smoothed it out and everything made it like you know decline and everything and then i had to build like with all this extra snow i had to build a berm at the end of it because if the kids went past this berm they're going downhill jack you know what I'm, saying? <laughs> I'm gonna lose one like i can't do that they're gone and i got a bunch of trees and it's like down i'm like well okay so we uh awesome. they started taking off from the top and going down well it must like busted through the berm you know like went over the berm because she's going so fast i had to run take three steps dive and catch that board and everything <laughs> like dude like okay like this is definitely an adam family vacation so because we're a little crazy and like that's fun and it's like but then i started putting a I found branches and I put branches in the berm and then I built the snow up that way and so they just go up and they come back down. Nice. So I was like, okay, cool, we're good. Nice. But yeah, no, we had. We, I completely understand traveling somewhere and then having to find the kids yeah. something to do. So yes, so. but it was fun. We had a good time. Yeah. But well, are right, you ready to get started? I with am questions? ready to get started whenever you want to. All right, so we're just gonna go back and forth. Okay. So um, the first question on the list is. How do you want people to remember you after you die? Like, so the thinking of it is like, what do I want people to say about my character after mm-hmm. I die? And am I living in alignment with that now? Okay. So like who you are as a person. Yeah. Kind of like, and, and am I living you, up to that standard? Basically? Are you living up to that standard? I'm like, well, to be honest with you, 
I almost want to be remembered for being a good dad. So, yeah. and a good husband. Yeah. And that's like my two number one things on the planet. And then I mm-hmm. also want to be a good son, a good brother, a good grandson, mm-hmm. like all that to my family. So that's number one. Like my yeah. family is most important. And then I want to be remembered for somebody that could, you know, really in a realm, like as in work, what I'm doing, I was a professional that I helped them out. And it was just, you know, it, it, I took care of, took care of my customers and I took care of business and everything. And I want my customers to remember me in a good light that I was mm-hmm. always, you know, did right for them too. Um, as far as like how I'm living in line with that now, currently I'm making a lot of changes me wise yeah. because I felt like I've been lacking on a lot of that. As far as character goes, I felt like I've gotten a little bit too, um, selfish, especially around the times that, you know, I have my hobbies that I like to do as in like right now it's hunting season and I'm getting really mm-hmm. deep into that. And then it's like, it'll get into like the cold winter months of weight fishing for me and then I'll get really big into that and that's all I want to do but that's very selfish of me so it's like it's one of those things I don't want to be remembered as the guy that always tried to skip out and do that is it really I mean honestly like but this is just from an outsider looking in because we don't hang out on a regular basis right okay so is it really you being selfish or is that just a hobby that you have that you're wanting to do? No, it's selfishness. So it, re- it really can be selfishness. Is so, it? Yeah, okay. because cause if everything, like, if every weekend, like, no matter what, is planned around what I want to do, okay. then it is selfish. Okay. So that's the thing. And okay. so I found... I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, you know. but my kids are at that age to where they're very into it and they really yeah. like it. So they're cool with it, but I've got to make time for my wife. You know, right. it's like, and she's into it too, but she's not into it like I am. And right. I can't expect anybody else to be into it like right. that. No, but she's, you know, she likes to fish. So she'll come with me and do all that stuff and she's cool with that. But it's more along the lines of, Taking breaks, mm-hmm. not make, making sure that everybody's bucket is tipped off and it's fulfilled and all that stuff. I want to make mm-hmm. sure that when I remember, it's like, yeah, dad had his stuff, but he was always dad. He was always right. husband. He was always that. Like, he would take time out right. from that, and then he would do us. You know, he, would, right. he had his stuff he liked to do, and we did that with him a lot, but, we, but he took care of us, right. too. Yeah. Um, really quick, I'm going to take a minute just shout this out real quick guys if y'all hear shouting in the background of this recording i apologize my daughter is in her room on the phone Mm -hmm. and i've already tried to tell her to quiet down several times in person and over text and she's still very loud (laughs) so So i apologize i will try to cut out background noise when i'm editing this (laughs) it's just but if you still hear it it's a part of my life. I yeah. apologize. I'm a mom of a teenager. That's there you go. That's what happened, man. So, kind of goes into my answer then. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Being a mom of a teenager. Yeah, what is your answer? <laughs> so, that's, good. that's a good segue. I I mean, that's kind of that's kind of like my answer is being a mom, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, from the minute I found out I was pregnant, my daughter had become my first, last, and always. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I've and I've tried to live up to that. And so I kind of feel like that's what I want to be remembered as is the best mom I could have been, you know? That's all you can ever wish for, to be honest with you. Because it's like, if you have somebody sitting at your funeral, you know, giving your eulogy, you know, and like how you're remembered, it's like, as soon as like, she was the best mom ever, everybody starts nodding their heads. 
Yeah. You've done what you needed to do. And I mean, I could, I could give you the cliche, I want to be a good person and I'll, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I, I don't know. I mean, not to sound heartless or like a bitch or whatever, but I don't, I don't have that many people in my lives to be, my life to begin with. So I live my life for her. Yeah, and you just you know, really, so uh, that's what my life is. Other people's opinions don't really matter. Yeah, to so that's exactly. the thing. So it's like this question is more for you and her than yeah. it would be for just you because you just don't care about what other people yeah. think about you. And, so. like, and I understand the same thing. And the other part of what you know, especially if people are at my funeral and everything like that, and somebody asked a question of, I like to help a lot of people, mm-hmm. like no matter what. And like my mm-hmm. my wife is like you. You were very helpful. But sometimes you help too much. And I was like, yeah, I get it. No, I, I get that. And so I get that part. So I've kind of, you know, dialed back back yeah. a little bit and made myself a little less available to everybody. Because if you're a big guy and you got a truck, guess what? Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of yeah. one of those things. And I've got a, and you say, you got a big heart. And I'm like, yeah, I know. It's like, but it's taking too much time. I'm like, oh, I mm-hmm. got you. No problem. So it just, she helps me realize a lot of things. Yeah. But the other thing is that, you know, I help people, introduce people a lot to the outdoors because that's just, where I live at pretty much. Mm-hmm. That's where I truly live at mm-hmm. is the outdoors. And so it's like one of those things of, you know, Hey, you know, let me ask like somebody's at my, you know, speaking at my funeral. So let me ask a question. It's like, how many people by show of hands has Freddie taught you something about right. the outdoors or introduced right. you to something in the outdoors? And if I can have 75% of that entire congregation's hands mm-hmm. go up, mm-hmm. that's another part of what yeah. I'd like to be remembered as. And it, similar to what I'm about to say, just not about the outdoors. Right, right, exactly. (laughs) Everybody's um, got their different stuff. I have become a huge supporter of mental health awareness Mm -hmm. in the last several years. Um, I mean, I've been very open about my mental health journey. My daughter's very open about hers. She's always given me permission to speak about hers if I need to, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, so, and I don't know if you know a lot about my mental health journey when I was younger, but I, I tried to commit suicide when I was 16. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, so I'm a survivor of a suicide attempt. But, Congratulations. And awesome. I wasn't even a very big supporter at that time either. Mm-mm. You know, I didn't really become a big supporter of it until Kenna started going through all her stuff about four or five years ago. And you could relate. And so that's when I really became a big supporter of it. And my whole thing was like, if I could just, if our stories, mm-hmm. sharing our stories could help one person, I'm fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that you know, doing, sharing our stories on the mental health episodes that we've done through the podcast. And at my job, I'm a part of the, and it's called an ERG. It's an employee resource group Mm -hmm. um, that focuses a lot on mental health and other aspects. I have shared my story and my daughter's story there too. And so, and I, and I'm very open with my coworkers as well. And I've actually had people at my company come to me because they know because I've shared my story, they know I'm open about it. They've actually come to me and asked for advice of, for them or for their children or you know whatever their case is. So I'm like, okay, that is that it's is what clicking. I wanted. You yeah, know, it's clicking. It's making a so, difference. It's yeah. impacting. Like, yeah. yeah, and it's just being honest. Being honest impacts yeah. a lot. And that's so, the thing. but you're not. Everybody has that fear of being judged. That's the yeah. thing. Once you let go of that fear of being judged and what people think about you and you just start sharing your story, people will seek you out mm-hmm. for help. Like mm-hmm. it really but they're not gonna do it in public. They'll always do it in private. Yeah. And it's like because 
they're just not at that point to where they're confident in their ownership of the whole situation. Right. And it's like, hey, right. then it's like, but the, but that's the thing. It's like you're giving them power to shine their light to where they can share their story mm-hmm. eventually, and then they give somebody else the power to share their story, exactly, and so on, exactly, and so on and so on. So it's like exactly. a it's a domino effect, and you can so. and you go from one point. It's like an inverted pyramid. You go from one point to a big broad spectrum, right. you know. So it's just so kind I kind of this. feel like. In answer to the question, am I living in alignment with that now? I feel like I'm starting to. Yeah, you're in the right. You know? You're on the right path. Yeah, I feel like you're like on the I'm, right path. I'm getting there. Yeah, you're so. on the right path. You're not like, you're not completely fulfilled. There's always more work to be done. Right. But it's just you're. You feel like you're in that line to do the work that you're supposed right. to do. Right. Yep. So. Yeah. Oh, so. okay. Cool. All so right. I you got, got the my next question. One. Yeah. This was so, the one you wanted to do. Yeah. So it's like. <laughs> If you could ask anyone in any time period in the world, who would you ask and what question would you ask them? Do you already have someone in mind? Because I, I... You know, I have a couple... That's a, and it could be anyone. It could be like a famous person, historical person, someone in your family that has passed, or someone who's still alive even, you know? Well, if there's somebody who's still alive, I mean, I just go, I just ask them. I call yeah. and I ask him. I just don't so, have any reservations about calling and honestly, asking somebody something. Man. I've always, this is an answer I've always given to a question that's any, in any kind of similarity to this. Like if you could meet one person in history, you know, who would it be? Or if you could sit next to anyone in the world and, and talk to them, you know, who would it be? I, you know who I've always said? Grandma Adams. Mm-hmm. Our great grandmother. Bessie. She passed away two, three months before I was born. I think you had just weeks, been born. Two weeks after I was yeah. born. Two weeks after I was born, she passed so, away a couple months before you. Yeah, yeah. About two and a half months before you were yeah. born. Mm-hmm. So I never knew her, mm-hmm. and you technically never knew her. I was the last Adam's baby she got to see. Yeah. The last one. Yeah. So, but we've always heard all our lives how amazing of a woman she was. Mm-hmm. You know, from my grandmother, from your grandfather, from every p- person in our family that knew her has always boasted about how amazing of a woman she was. Mm-hmm. Well, she so, raised 10 kids. I know. And I was like, yeah, and she dealt with a husband. And I was like, I get that. Yeah. That's some amazing stuff. So Man, that's, that, a that's always actually been my answer was to sit and talk to her. I actually have a few parts on this one. So, so I can't narrow you down to one, but I've got different realms of like... <laughs> different time periods? Yeah, well, kind of. So it's like one of those things like... So let's start. I don't want to go too far back because it's just kind of. So we're not going to like. We're not creation, going to like. like we're not going to ancient <laughs> Egypt. Like, the, well, here's the thing. It's like I'm not going to ask. You know, want to ask God or Jesus anything because it's like you're not. You don't need to ask those questions. And it's like, dude, you just need to. You just need to listen. So you don't mm-hmm. ask those questions. You just listen. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You know, and I figured that out a while back. Um, number one would be Benjamin Franklin because okay. the dude was awesome. Like okay. he was. Very much so, the one of the biggest parts of American history. Right. Uh, that's really doesn't get the publicity that like George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and all that does. Right. Like he was the silent warrior for the United States because he was over while we were fighting this war in the Revolutionary War. He was over in France, trying to get France to come in and back us. Mm-hmm. So he was working for us over there, and then he was also trying to get something done with King George. Mm-hmm. As in using his, uh, you know, bureaucrat, aristocrat stuff to actually 
you know, make peace with King George and try to get some concessions and try to work together and then end the war so there's no more bloodshed and then, you know, get France to back us just in case something went bad. Uh, along the lines of also being a famous printer in various different cities. I mean, you're talking about Pennsylvania. You're talking about everywhere that he, the New York City, he was a, a printing press guy. London, he was a printing press guy. Like he was a big printer, news, everything like that, getting the word out to everybody. Um, all the ways that he thought, like the silence do good letters that he like wrote in mm-hmm. not code, but it was like from a different perspective, from like a female perspective that he was trying to bolster support you know, for the independent nations and bolster support for the Articles of uh, Confederation and all this stuff. And he was just behind the scenes guy that was super smart, but he was like an Edison before Edison's time, along with like a political science guru. So right. it was really cool. So like, what would I want to ask him? Like, there's a bunch of questions that I would like to ask him. But my one question that I would like to ask him is like, what are the main things that lead you to your curiosity. Yeah. Like with everything. Yeah. And then I was like, what drives your curiosity? Right. Because it's like, what would make you want to fly a kite in a storm with a key <laughs> on it? You know, because because you figured out that, you know, hey, you know, we've got this new thing called electricity and I bet and he's just put two and two together. I bet you lightning is made out of electricity. I gotta figure this out. Right. And that's where kind of everything started rolling his way. But he wasn't just like this stand-up, you know, chop down an apple tree guy. He was very, like, he was very Austin to the Houston and the Dallas. Let's put it mm-hmm. that way. Where, you know, where the, it, it's all business and, and, and no, all anybody that that's not from Texas is not going to understand, understand that, that analogy. So, <laughs> it's very, so, so it's very much so, it's like he's very, he was very much so the creative thinker and like forethought and like planning and has all this creativity to right. everybody else that's kind of black and white. Kind so, of like the California to the rest of the U.S. He was very much so color. Te- <laughs> he was very much so color television to black and white silent, silent yes. movies. That's exactly what he was. Yeah. He 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 was like Technicolor to yeah. that. It was very very cool. And then so the, my second one after that would be Lewis and Clark. So on their adventure after the Louisiana Purchase, coming through, getting, like, actually exploring the new land. Like, it's right. the territories, yeah. right? And it's yeah. like, they would have never made it without uh, Native American help, ever. No. Never would have made it. They no, just followed the Missouri River and all, like, the little cutoffs and everything that went through that. And the Native Americans really took them in, showed them how to navigate. You know, they had their rifles and stuff. They understood how to hunt. And, they and like, they were seeing mule deer for the first time. They were seeing all of these landmarks for the first time. Mm-hmm. They were seeing everything for the first time it's like my question would be it's like what at what point in time did you finally realize this is where you were meant to be right yeah like how did you know this is what you were meant to do where you're meant to be yeah because it's like i I want because it's just they're out there in the middle of the wilderness but they're they're being paid to do this don't get me wrong but it's like like this is you are immersed in this, and but you have this drive for the greater good that you're still getting to see all these great things and discover all of these great things that only the Native Americans got to see. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my last one would be, I'd like to go back in time and actually meet my 10-year-old self. Because really? Yeah, my 10-year-old okay. self. Because I was having a real tough time. I couldn't make any friends. I was always the big puppy. 
you know, mm-hmm. I was huge and I was awkward and I was <laughs> had glasses, big old Coke bottle glasses, and I. You did. I, I forgot did. about mm-hmm. those. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot you had those. Oh man, uh, I had such a tough time making friends and. You know, having, you know, even getting people to show up to my birthday party and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I always wonder, you know, there's certain parts in time in my life that I always wonder, you know, what's it going to be like when I'm 20? Yeah. You know, what's it going to be like when I'm 30? Go back and talk to yourself and tell yourself, yeah. like, hey, yeah. just hold on, dude. Like, hey, it's like, hey, man, look, this is what we got now. This yeah. is who you are now. This yeah. is what you look like now. And it's like, like, you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really going to be okay. And I had a lot of, you know, faith back in the day. And it's just like, cause you never know. But it was a really tough time, and it was just like, hey, man, you know, what, like, how bad do you think it's going to be? Like, right. You know, and then let me alleviate all those fears for you. It's like, yeah. like, what do you, like, do you really think that you're supposed to know? Like, that's my question. It's like, do you think that you're supposed to know? That's a very deep question to ask mm-hmm. a 10-year-old, but it's like, do you think you're supposed to know, or do you think you're just supposed to do this and right. actually see what happens and then yeah. just try to make the best choices possible. Yeah. <laughs> that's, how, that's, that's how I looked at that, that yeah. question. It was really, really, really cool. That was good. That was, that was good. I liked it. <laughs> so you're up. Um, a little bit of a lighter question. Maybe. I don't mm-hmm. know about, I don't know what your answer is going to be. Mine is a little bit lighter qu- answer, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, what do you, what did you think about before you went to sleep last night? Hmm. Man, you know, not going to be a lighter question. Oh, I'm really mine sorry. Is. I'm sorry. Yours is going to be a lighter question. Mine Mine's is going to be a Debbie, <laughs> kind of a Debbie Downer. So I'll let you end on a light note on okay. this one. So, <laughs> uh, like I said, like I'm trying to change and change a lot in me, you know, and all that. So, um, I think a lot about like my uh, my regrets as a dad. Like I think yeah. a lot of that a lot. Like I mean, yeah. just instances where I could have handled things a lot better and I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. And it just kind of sits with me a lot. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of guilt and there's a lot of do regret. You, do you actually, I was about to say, do you actually regret those moments? Do you really consider them regrets or do you just look at them and say, I could have handled it better, but right now, it's it re- right now it's regrets. It is. So right okay. now it's regrets. So okay. because I still haven't gotten to that point to where I've forgiven myself for those things. Mm-hmm. So there's still regrets and, okay. and guilt and that, it's a heavy load on me. So it's yeah. just like, but that's what, it, honestly, that's what I think about. And, but I also know that if you're not questioning yourself as a parent, that you're doing the best you can every day, mm-hmm. you're, you're not doing that job. Right. Like, you know, you're right. not doing that job properly. If you're not questioning yourself, if you're doing the best you can for your kid, you're not doing that job. And so I'm going to live with a lot of that regret yeah. and because I mean, back in the day when I was a young parent, I was, you know, I mean, I was a little bit more harsh than I needed to be because I was, I mean, mm-hmm. product of your raisin and stuff like that. But still, yeah. it's like it's your choices. And yeah. it's like, and I, and I um, made choices. And it was just we're, like we're, My daughter and I are changing a lot of things. We're in the process of changing a lot of things about our lives right now because, you know, she, she has ADHD. Mm-hmm. And for years, because we didn't grow up with it, you know as publicized as it is now. So no. we, we were just told that it was you're hyper and yeah. you can't focus. Yeah. So that's what I thought it was mm-hmm. until, and her ADHD is becoming more apparent as she gets older. Mm-hmm. And so I've been doing a lot of research on it. And so I'm now learning what, what it is. And so it's becoming apparent to me that I had been trying to 
mold her or raise her the way I was. And it doesn't work for her that way with her ADHD and her bipolar. Mm-hmm. So we're in the process of changing our the way we live our lives to fit us as people mm-hmm. instead of living our lives the way I was raised. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's exactly so that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. So it's like I've got a like it's a it's the wise father who knows his child better than his mm-hmm. child does. And it's like so that's I mean, kinda like what I I like don't here. really regret I won't say I regret not doing this earlier when she was younger. Because I don't, I, I feel like we wouldn't have the relationship we have now if I, if things would have changed because we have a great relationship now, you know, yeah. Yeah. but you know, well, just putting it out it's there. It's all 20, you know, yeah. hindsight, well, putting it out whatever. There. I mean, putting it out there because it needs, you know, I, I do need to talk about it. It needs to be talked about. Like I was a yeller and a screamer, mm-hmm. like at my kids and they were young. And I've been that too. And they were young and it yeah. sucks, man. And it's like, that's a lot of my regret. You know, I've broken toys. You know, mm-hmm. they were young, and it was a regret. I mean, that's trauma, mm-hmm. not cool, like yeah. whatsoever. I've been, you know, too many big emotions and overreactions that didn't need to happen. Yeah, whatsoever. And that's part of what I'm coming to realize too mm-hmm. is one of some similar to that is like, is it really that big of a deal? No, and it you never know? was. It yeah. never ever like, was. Like, okay, she her room isn't constantly perfectly clean. Yeah. Is it really that big of a deal? Exactly. And a lot you of and a lot of that stuff from like whenever I was younger was the fact that I was trying to heal from my own stuff. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it's just like, I wasn't healing in the right way. Yeah. I wasn't doing what I needed to do. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, I took things out on various people that were closest to me and exactly. it was absolutely awful. And exactly. it's just like, I yeah, was I understand that. Awful. And, you know, and I, uh, I, and honestly, every podcast that we have done together you know i brought a cooler with me right Mm -hmm. you don't see a cooler today i did notice that when you walked in yeah you didn't see a cooler today and so there's a reason because i'm off the sauce so no more sauce for me man so i'm I'm, yeah i'm happy with that so it's just it's it's time and it there's no benefits for it yeah whatsoever so it's like hey i'm just done so uh, yeah. next ch- next step is uh, chewing tobacco, but that's that's a really hard one, man. <laughs> that's I understand. A, that's a I quit smoking one, a year and a half ago, yeah. and I still crave it. That's a, it's so. a hard <laughs> one. I'm telling you, it really is. This this is it's, it's hard. But one they, step at a time. One step at a time. And so, but now <laughs> I've, I've got things to fill my day. I'm taking care of our grand my grandfather that just had a knee replacement. Yeah. He's 84. So, and then I'm working from home. So I've got things to fill my day, mm-hmm. and I honestly don't think about it. So not anymore. And yeah. it's like, hey, man, I'm happy with that. Yeah. And uh, all of my relationships are so much better because I'm no longer chasing a beer. I'm just chasing a relationship. Yeah. So it's like, it's so much better. Yeah. I'm happy with it. Yeah. Well, Um, oh, okay. So now I get to to have a Wait, I didn't get to answer. Oh, you're going to answer. Okay. Wait, you got to let me answer too. I'm going to let you answer. (laughs) So So what did I think about before I went to sleep last night? Mm -hmm. My answer is way too many things. (laughs) That's funny. Mind racer, man. I read every night before I fall asleep. I lay in bed and read. And for one, I just like to read. I I enjoy reading. But two, I think subconsciously I do it to quiet my mind Mm -hmm. before I go to sleep. Because if I don't, I just lay there and my mind races. Yeah. So, I mean, literally, I'm like, is Kenna okay? Is it too hot in the house because I turned the heater on earlier? 
you know, I didn't do the dishes after dinner. It's going to suck when I have come home from work tomorrow and have to clean them. I don't want to go to work tomorrow. And those are just a few things that were racing through my mind, you know, but I mean, it was way more than that. But so that's why, that's one of the reasons I read every night before I go to bed. So it quiets my mind. Yeah. It shuts you down. I've, I've literally, for the past couple of weeks, I will literally lay there and read until I fall, like, fall asleep holding the book. Yeah. And then a... literally drop it on my face. Oh, yeah. That wakes you up. <laughs> so then I'm like, okay, we'll put the book aside and I'm out. Yeah. You uh, know? How long did you usually take to slow you down? At least an hour. At least an hour to slow you at down? At least an hour. Yeah. I... Usually longer, but at least an hour. I, I watch National Geographic and all kinds of yeah. stuff, and it's like, oh, look, it's the pretty scenery yeah. and kind of stuff like that. Because I, I have to quiet my mind. Yeah, my it, mind is constantly going. Constantly going. So that's how yeah. I am too. It's it's seems like it's a family thing because we yeah. all have that to an yeah. extent. It's, it's yeah. crazy. It's actually really fun. It, it's it's a good problem to have because you're mm-hmm. always thinking. You're always your mind's always busy. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, the difference between me and you is like I'm super active, so it's like, oh, it's like you know, hey, are the kids okay? I want to get up and I'm like, oh, you're going to check on the kids. And See, then I like that, the motivation to do things. And so it, that, my oh. mind is constantly busy, but then I'm like, but I don't want to get up and do it. Oh, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a take care of it right now kind of person. It's like no. I'm a, if I thought about those dishes, I'm I'm up doing the dishes. No, like I'm I, at, at one o'clock. The dishwasher was full. They were clean, but they was full, and I didn't. I was like, I was looking at it, and I was like. I don't want to empty the dishwasher and then I'm going to have to wash the dishes and then put them in the dishwasher and run it. And I was like, I just don't want to do it. Oh, I've, I've gotten to that point. So I'm like, it's just going to sit there till tomorrow. I did it when I got home from work today. Yeah. And it's perfect. And it's like, <laughs> dude, you're good. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm so. the one that gets up at like 3.30 in the morning. Like when I have to go to the restroom or something like that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of up. So I go do the dishes and I literally unload the dishwasher in the middle of the night, oh. put it up, unload the dishwasher back, start it. I go upstairs and my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I, I had to go pee and the dishes need to be done. <laughs> so I just did everything. He's like, so you're like the dish fairy. And I'm like, It's yeah. like the walking definition of ADHD. But yeah, I probably should be diagnosed, but I'm just not <laughs> diagnosed right now. So it's like, I'm not. And I was like, yeah, I, just, I, I had to do these things because it yeah. bothered me, man. It's like, if it, so. if it bothers me, I'm going to go do it yeah. right now. Yeah. So it's nuts, man. So but your your next question kind of goes in with it this goes one. in with that one too yeah. <laughs> so the next question is, what is something that keeps you up at night? Dishes. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> no, I just don't care. No, you don't care. Uh-uh. Um, lately, it has been wanting to wondering if my daughter's doing okay. She's been going through a hard time with you know her bipolar and all of that um, gotcha. and her moods and everything. So. You know, it's just constant worry that, is she okay? You know, is she spending too much time alone? You know, that kind of, because she's in online school, so she's home alone during the day when I'm at work. So it's that kind of thing. Mine is always, am I doing enough as a dad and husband? Yeah. All the time. No, it it just fluctuates between person to person. So it's like, hey, do I, you know, is... You know, are, are all the buckets filled? And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, is, is Emma's bucket filled? Is Kaylee's bucket filled? Is Michelle's bucket filled? Like, it's like, you know, and it's like, I worry about everybody else. And it's like, and then my wife will stop me. And is like, huh, are you, uh, how's your bucket doing? Yeah. Because you're pouring your bucket into everybody else's bucket. Are you drained yet? Or yeah. you need a recharge? Yeah. And, you know, all that. So she 
she kind of keeps me. Did in you know? Do you know? Recently, it was it was a couple months ago, but it was recent. Mm-hmm. Um, Ken and I were at Troy's house. We we gone over there to record an episode, and we go we, when we go to record. Um, we go over early and have dinner with them and hang out with the baby with David. You know, before he goes to bed, and then after David goes to bed, Troy and I record. Mm-hmm. So. Troy needed something for dinner. He didn't have something. He had to run to the store for it. And so I rode with him to go to the store. And on the way, he was asking me how Kenna was doing, you know, and I was talking to him about it. And he, he, when I finished my sentence, he goes, how are you doing? And it seems like such a simple question, right? It's a big time question. I broke down. down in tears. I did. Yeah. And he was like, why are you crying? And I said... Troy, I don't remember the last time someone asked me that. Mm-hmm. That's exactly why you break down crying, man. Because I you don't, don't remember the last time someone bothered to ask me how I was. Mm-hmm. And it's <laughs> and it's frightening, but it's like but yeah. But you know what? You need that sometimes because it's yeah. like you need to feel safe to where you can let all your emotions yeah. out, man. And it's like yeah, because you you feel like you always have to have to be the pillar of strength mm-hmm. kind of thing around here mm-hmm. to set a good example, mm-hmm. you know, for your child. And it's like then when you're by yourself and then somebody asks you that question, that's yeah. when you just let it yeah. all out and you have to because he felt so bad for making me cry. You know. <laughs> You could you, you could take it as a po- I I would definitely take that as a positive and it's like you know what she needed to be asked that question because I, she needed it honestly I think it's I think he should feel this sounds silly in my mind the way that I say it but almost privileged in a way that he is someone that a person feels safe enough mm-hmm. to do that in front of because mm-hmm. not everybody feels comfortable breaking down like that in front of people. No, you have you know you have an overshare, yeah. which is going to be the one that breaks down at the drop of a hat kind of thing, yeah. and it will break down in front of who, whoever. Yeah. And then you have those that are walled yeah. up that aren't going to sit there so and like, do any of that stuff. You you should almost feel good in a way that you ha- you are someone that people feel safe enough to be that way in front of pe- in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I've heard that a couple of times about me as well, yeah. and it's like and it's just like, hey, have you? You know, you're looking at like you know, doing therapy, and so I'm like, no, no I'm, I'm too messed up for that. And they're like, no, no. <laughs> like I'm not gonna do that. And they're like, what? Or like public speaking, because when you stand up at a podium, everybody gets quiet and you command the room and all yeah. that stuff. I'm like, no, I, I, I don't. And it's like I just don't feel that way. I just this is who I am, you know, kind of thing. And a big bear hug will do a lot mm-hmm. of good for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing how that works mm-hmm. out too. But you know, people don't know how to take other people letting their out their emotions yeah. especially crying yeah. but the great part is that i'm in a house with all girls so <laughs> i can know how to yeah. take people crying yeah. and like i'm okay and troy was raised around all women too so i think yeah. that's for him but it was a learning good for him it was a learning lesson for me for a while though because i'm like man i don't you know i, I want to be your safe space but i don't understand crying because i wasn't raised that way yeah and it's like you know boys don't cry kind of stuff and yeah. it's like you know all that old school fire and brimstone kind of thing mm-hmm. and it's like hey boys don't you know do that and like well yes they do and like, let me yeah. tell you something my truck knows me much better than almost anybody else <laughs> it's like yeah, yes yes we do so you gotta let it out man mm-hmm. you have to it's it's good for you and yeah. you feel better afterwards yeah you feel drained but you feel yeah exactly you feel better exactly. like it's, like it's a weight off your shoulders kind exactly. of thing yeah 
like I, I that's my favorite part about the whole thing yeah so it's allowing somebody to get that off their shoulders mm-hmm. and like get that burden away I'm like dude you're, you're gonna feel so much better for the next yes. couple weeks man at least yes so, uh, so you answer, right. did you answer mm-hmm. and I answered? Yes. Yeah, okay, so good. the next one is, what is something that you spend way too much time doing? Oh. Mine <laughs> is honestly just scrolling through TikTok. Oh. <laughs> Man. That's one of mine. That's one you. of mine. Way too much time doing, looking at the weather all the time for my outdoor stuff, my hunting and fishing right. stuff, my and, and looking at fishing spots and deer stand locations i'm not kidding you i will literally sit there with an aerial view of wherever in a map and just (laughs) look at land and topography for hours i will do it trying to put the puzzle pieces together yeah i will do that Uh that's so funny Mm -hmm. like i'm looking for like topo lines like i've learned to read topo lines and how the contours yeah. and all that stuff yeah. and i can tell you where like the land pinches down i can tell you like this is a creek this is a this is a hill this is a like i can look at a topo line and look at it like a map now like mm-hmm. i can look at it like how the land is yeah. and, like it and because i've had to learn it because i want to know how these animals move through these certain areas and how fish actually move through certain areas too no it's a uh, it's kind of goofy, you know. It's very kind of rednecky, like a little bit. But it's uh, what to I spend a own. whole lot of time <laughs> doing. Like, how is this weather pattern and yeah. this wind gonna be with this spot, and how I'm gonna get into this spot without them smelling me and access and stuff? <laughs> like, it's a very intricate situation. Yeah, it's like, man, I'm telling you, I can't walk this way because my wind's gonna blow this way. Like, it's it's a lot of stuff, yeah. and I've walked a long way around places before in order for them not to smell me before man and i've walked through like woods and i'm talking about like like bushwhacking woods where i am like ducking and crawling underneath wow. bushes and stuff i've done all of this before and it, that's how i've learned a lot though yeah so it's like i've wow. learned a lot and it's like if, if the lights ever go out just come hang out with me man i'll make sure that you're fed because i'm gonna be off doing stuff I'm like i'm <laughs> that awesome. guy yeah like like I, I have an emergency. I have the yeah. emergency go bags. Oh, yeah, like I the get, emergency I, bags packed and stuff. My, my truck is my emergency yeah. go everything. Like I, I actually bought everything. stuff on Amazon for it. Mm. Like oh, an actual I, bag oh, I full have. of supplies. Oh, yeah. And then I, the bag that it came in was real small. So I actually took it all out. And I, and I added stuff that I already had from my own home. You know? So I actually have two bags now. I, I separated it into two larger backpacks. Mm-hmm. And of course, there, if anything like that ever actually happened, we'd probably just basically barricade ourselves in our house. So yeah. they wouldn't actually be actual go bags. This is just something that I have it packed into. You know what I mean? Yeah. But one is like food and, and you know, first aid. Mm-hmm. And the other one is like survival supplies. Oh, I have survival supplies, <laughs> blankets, like fire. Yeah. I have a fire starter in my truck, like in the side of my yeah. truck that is literally you shave like the magnesium yeah. and then you do the spark. Like you, it's my wife gave it to me last year for Christmas. Yeah. It, that was one of my favorite Christmas presents. I'll show it to you it. before you leave. It I'll show awesome. you the stuff that I have before you leave. I have, it's cool. I have knives. I have like, I have flashlights. I have. I spent way too much time uh, researching I that stuff all though. all that stuff, man. 
I really did. I have like the, the, the prepper like food that lasts for like a, you know, 25 years. Mm-hmm. I have a year supply mm-hmm. of that in my car, like in my toolbox. Like yeah. no joke. And it's like, wherever you all want to go, I got a four wheel drive truck with everything that yeah. we would ever need in it. And let's rock and roll, yeah. man. So, and I, dude, <laughs> I got a 50 gallon transfer tank that I can get a thousand miles out of between that wow. tank and my tank. And it's like, I can go wherever you want to. Yeah. I mean, we can go in the middle of nowhere. I, I spent way too much time researching all that stuff. I actually sat down, me and Kenna actually sat down and had a full conversation about it. I was like, and I told her, I said, you can make fun of me after the conversation is over. Mm-hmm. You can call me weird. You can call me a nerd, whatever, Prepper, after this conversation nerd. is over. But while we're having this conversation, I want you to take me seriously. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay. okay. What's going on? And so we talked about it. And I, and I, I laid out scenario. I said, if this ever happens, this is what we need to do. If this is the scenario, this is what we're going to do. Like, I laid out all this kind of information for her so she would know what to do in mm-hmm. any situation. So, and then after we were done, she was like, yeah, you're a nerd mom. Well, I, have, <laughs> I have rendezvous points with but, my kids and wife yeah. and everything. And, yeah. like, I have a roll-up ladder on my roof outside of my kids' windows. Yeah. You know, that way if somebody ever gets in the house and then I have to be upstairs in, like, you know, the only entrance up and downstairs and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I could be in there, mm-hmm. you know, putting cover fire pretty much, and they can go out the window and yeah. climb down the ladder yeah. to the car. Like, I yeah. have that. I have a ghillie suit. Okay. <laughs> I do. Like, to be able to, like, lay down in the grass and just with a rifle and to protect whatever we're at. Yeah. If, if it comes yeah. to a go bag situation and the kids and the wife can sleep and I can just be there in a ghillie suit just with a rifle ready to go. Yeah. Like I, I have all that. Like, mm-hmm. I, why? I don't know. But just in case. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I get it. Just yeah. in case. So it's yeah. a good, yeah. I'm that so, guy. So, so yeah, yeah, that's one of the things I spent way too much time doing was researching all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I completely <laughs> understand. <laughs> I, I completely get that. Sorry. I do. It's like, but, other than that, it's just basically, uh, I mean, I'm kind of into football a little bit. Baseball, I like, I love baseball. I do, I'll watch baseball games and all that stuff mm-hmm. all the time. And so that's pretty much like my other go-to is sports. I'm thinking. not into sports at all. Well, it's just, it, it's just not your thing. Yeah, so, yeah, no, never has been. Mm-mm. Let's see. Oh, my question. So I get to ask you a question. Your turn. Yep. And so what do you think is the biggest misconception about you? I've perf- I, I have my answer ready. I thought about this one earlier today when I was writing the qu- questions down. Um, so I'm a middle child, as you know. And I have always said that I was like textbook definition of middle child syndrome. Mm-hmm. Right. But, and I was kind of the, the screw up middle child when I was younger. Yeah, you like know. the forgotten about kind of kid. Yeah. yeah. But now that I'm an adult, I'm not. I'm not that kid anymore. I'm not that screw-up anymore. But there are certain family members that still view me as the screw-up middle child, the, the black sheep, yeah, if I you will. You. When in reality, I am the child that has been there for every single family event, every family vacation, every family weekend away, I'm the one that has been there anytime someone in the family needed something. Mm-hmm. I'm the one there to help grandma with anything she needs because she's getting older. She's 87, you know. I am the reliable, responsible child that is always there yeah. for everything. Yeah. Yet they still view me as the screw-up middle child. Yeah. And still treat me like I'm the screw-up middle child. 
Yeah, I mean... So, I think that would probably be one of the biggest misconceptions about me. I can see that. I mean, people aren't going to let go of that stuff. Especially in our family. They're really not going to let go of that stuff. I love our family so much, and you know that. But our family is very judgmental. (laughs) Our family is very judgmental. I'm I'm not innocent. I will admit, I can be judgmental as well. But not as much as they, as certain people in the family are. Yeah. <laughs> very judgmental of who you were at a particular time in the past. Yes. Very and you stay so. that way to them. And you stay you that way. And you stay that way because that's all they remember. Mm-hmm. And, it's like, and they have a bad trait of remembering a lot of the negatives about mm-hmm. people. And that's the hard part. And it's like you mm-hmm. got to get over that and realize people yeah. are just growing. And get, yeah. Learning, growing, it happens. Yeah. Like I'm sure that you weren't perfect. I'm sure you made mistakes. I'm sure you did this and you did that. Yeah. And it's like. Hey, you know, but now that they're older, way older, it's just that they they can't they don't let it go. They just mm-hmm. dwell, and it's like no, 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 no. But at the end of the day, it just gives them something to talk about. Yeah, that's the thing. They, they just want something yeah. to talk about. And you know what? They can call me the black sheep all they want, but if you really think about it, the white sheep in the family aren't as white as they no. portray. But see, I never <laughs> I never saw you like that. Like you were just like my cool my, my cool cousin that's my age that I can hang out with. You yeah. know, that's like that's cool with me. It's like, that's, I, so. I never like as in when I was a kid and like I had so much trouble making friends and I was just, you know, awkward, big, weird kind of guy. I learned to be friends with everybody and just to be curious rather than judgmental mm-hmm. because it's like I didn't want anybody to judge me because they already yeah. had. And it's like, dude, yeah. I just I just want to be friends with everybody. And that's how I operate my entire life is just like no judging. Like, let me hear your story. Let's talk about yeah. it and have a good time. Yeah. And it's like, dude, I mean, I can have a good time with anybody. Yeah. Know, let's do that. Yeah. And it's like, there's no reason to... It's just a learning lesson. Like, it's just you mm-hmm. took you you made choices. You realized that they weren't the right choices. You grew from those choices, and then you rocked on. And now you make a heck of a lot more great choices than you do bad decisions. Mm-hmm. So then, from the bad decisions now, you learn how to correct them, and you learn from them, and then you move forward. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, the misconception that I think a lot of people have about me is that I'm always like happy-go-lucky, joking around, and all mm-hmm. that stuff, but Humor comes from a very dark place. Yeah. So it really does. It's very, very common for people that are funny to use it as a coping mechanism. I mean, look at Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. I'm (laughs) telling you, he was very, he was one of my favorites of all time as far as humor goes because his stand up stuff was so good. I still go back and watch it to this day. I'll go back and watch it again over and over. I love Robin Williams. But it's just like, I'm not, I'm, I'm funny because it's just like, I can't stand there being like this awkward silence mm-hmm. so it's like i have a lot of randomness in me and it comes out mm-hmm. a lot um i yeah and more of my stuff is like roasting and like witty kind of comments and stuff yeah. like that and it's just like i i don't want people to think that i'm just it I'm, I'm like a facebook version of myself let's put it that way where everything's great everything all the time is great it's like no 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 it's like you might think it's great, but that's exactly what I want you to think. Right. Because what's going on under here, I'm just not ready to talk yeah. to you about like, yet. Like, I'm not okay, yeah. but I'm great. Yeah, I'm not okay, <laughs> but in front of you, yeah. I'm all right, man. And it's like, I never, like, everybody outside just thinks that I never have a bad day. It's like, yeah. dude, I have bad days, yeah. too. And it's like, but people closest to me, they understand. But yeah. everybody else, just like in normal, everyday life, mm-hmm. they won't know. Yeah. So it's like, and that's, I feel like that's a lot of people. 
Well, it's like, yeah, it's definitely. A, I mean, I feel like that's in my my life too. Yeah, it's a lot of people. I'm just trying to be like, and part of the change that I'm doing is I'm just trying to be more real and not mm-hmm. like put up that facade. And it's just yeah. like, hey, man, let's just have real conversations. And, you yeah. know, and it's like, hey, but uh, you know, a lot of that was from you know being on the sauce, and I just didn't want. I wanted everybody to think that I had it under control and everything was okay. And it's really, it was just like I was always chasing up here. And it's yeah. like, no, I can't. You know, it's like now it's just like. A lot of realization and mm-hmm. it's a lot of you know how much did i miss trying to chase beer you know yeah. kind of thing and so it's like i just want everybody to think that i'm okay but then i finally realized that say hey i'm <laughs> i'm not okay i got some things i need to work on mm-hmm. and then we're going to talk about it so yeah. it might not be a conversation you usually you're usually going to have with me but we're still going to talk about it yeah. so it's pretty that, that's one of those things with the misconceptions about me. So That's okay. good. Yeah, that's good. Um, this next one I think is going to be an interesting one. I liked okay. this question. What is a decision that you made that impacted the trajectory of your life that you didn't realize at the time? So it could have been just something very small, but it still impacted the path that you ended up taking. Man, you know... It's kind of hard to narrow it down to one moment in time. I actually was able to narrow it down to one moment in time. Well, you were. Yeah, you you were. Um, You know, honestly, that I didn't realize at the time Mm -hmm. was when I decided that it was time to have a kid. So, Mm -hmm. very much so. Like, that was... A big time, like, we decided to have a kid, and then, hey, okay, we weren't married at the time. Then that's not, you know, in this day and age, not a problem. So, yeah. but it's just, but back to your judgmental part, sometimes it is oh. a problem with certain oh, people, yeah. and you know it, and yeah, you get oh, it. Oh, yeah. So, but it happens. I mean, you know, I, There was a certain family member, and I'm not going to name names. I'll tell you who it was later. Okay. Um, that when I told him I was pregnant, begged me to get an abortion. Yeah, I've heard a lot of that too. My <laughs> wife had a lot of that, some of that too. And it's like, Three days later, that. they bought baby clothes. Oh, so, oh, I mean, course. it was, oh, they were okay oh, very quickly. But. Oh, of course. And it's like, you get <laughs> so it. When I, it's, when I it's, totally understand yeah, that. Yeah, when one. it's not one of the, when it's one of those, like, you did, they finally figure out that you're serious. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like my parents didn't even believe us that we were. And we mm-hmm. even pulled out, like, a sheet of paper that showed that, yeah, this is happening and all this stuff. It wasn't an ultrasound, but it was like that initial sheet yeah. of paper thing. And it's like, it's like oh, I believe it when I see it kind of thing. And I was like, okay, but that was one, because I've always wanted to be a dad. And so mm-hmm. it's like, but I didn't really understand what that curtailed. And that was like an entire life change for me, because I was used to yeah. hanging out with my buddies, you know, yeah. They, yeah. normal young people stuff. Yeah. And then you become a dad and all that stops and it slows exactly. down. And, and it's like, hey, man, you know, it, this is what we do now. And it's like, I had to become the person that my child needed me to be. Rather mm-hmm. than the person, like, rather than the speed that I wanted to go, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it accelerated me having to grow up. Yeah. Because I would have stayed in that realm for however long, basically until I had a kid. And I would have yeah. stayed in that realm. And I would not have wanted to grow up. I wanted to be in Neverland. And it's like, but hey, you got to grow up. But I did have it set up, right? Like, I had, I was already, I already had my I had a degree. And I was already graduated from college. I already had a job. I already had an apartment and all that stuff I already had a place to, to bring the baby mm-hmm. home to I, I was ready to go like I was 100% yeah. ready to rock and but 
I just uh, didn't really realize how much every like that was gonna really take over my identity yeah. was being a dad. Yeah. It took over my identity. And oh, it was yeah. really, really fun. Like oh, I yeah. really enjoy it. Like that's like I have t shirts that say girl dad and I have t shirts that say dad and like mm-hmm. you know, and it list all this stuff, like, you know, best jokes and all this stuff mm-hmm. on the back. And it's like that's that's who I want everybody to know that I am all the time. I want everybody to know that I'm a husband and I'm a dad all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it. And so yeah. that was my identity switch let's put it that way yeah. so it was pretty cool what was yours um mine was actually <laughs> it sounds kind of funny when i say the beginning but then i'll explain it choosing between two different guys when i was 18 okay cool <laughs> yeah that's cool so when i was 18 and i was at sam houston state yeah. um i was only there for like six months but whatever <laughs> no, we were there no we weren't um, there at the same time but no. i i was actually dating two guys two different guys um, and they were completely different. One was a stupid frat boy, and one was, an, he was like two years older than me, and he was serious about his school and his studies and you know getting his degree and all that. And I made the decision on which one I wanted to be with. And, uh, spoiler, it was the stupid frat boy. <laughs> yeah, of course. Those, <laughs> those are always more fun. Yeah. Always. But looking back, I... Honestly, I really do truly think if I had chosen the other guy, I wouldn't have ended up quitting my, you know, I wouldn't have quit going to class Mm -hmm. and failing out, Mm -hmm. which led me to move home, Mm -hmm. which led me to work at Red Lobster, which led me to meet Kenna's dad and get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. That completely, hundred <laughs> percent makes sense. So yeah, that's a. I mean, honestly, just choosing between two different guys. You found a linchpin. Ended up leading me to where I am today. It was the linchpin of your life, hundred <laughs> percent. I hope they're listening to this. I know, right? That way they know that, <laughs> that they had funny? they had an impact. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they they know that they changed the trajectory yeah. of your life. I, I will. I will say, I do not regret the choice I made because it brought me to where I am. It gave me my top, my child. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's know. funny how you think about it, how it could be yeah. different, yeah. Like, but yeah, you wouldn't change it, but it could be different, yeah. Like, it, and it would be different, so, so it's it, it, it's when you look back and you laugh now, mm-hmm. but at the time, like going through that it, was a really hard uh, decision for me to make at 18. Yeah, that's that's a hard <laughs> one, yeah. No. I'm just sitting there. And it's like, oh, this girl likes me. Hey, I like you back, you know. And that's yeah. me at 18. Yeah. Like, that's exactly how I was. So. I had no idea. No clue. And I'm like, eh, that's okay. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, what's our next? Oh, okay. You're so next. I get to the next. Ask the next question. Who is the first person you go to share good news with? I can only guess. It depends on what the good news is. Mm-hmm. So depending on what the news is, it's either my daughter or my mom. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's. It's more adult seasoned life stuff. Yeah. You need to have somebody that is adult seasoned yeah. life stuff. Yeah. And if it's like, hey, at home, personal, like, yeah. fa- like here, or affects, just fun, uh, fun here, or affects us, or it's yeah. fun, it's that one. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's yeah. the baby. So like, it I really just depends on what the news is. But those are the two people that I'm probably closest to. That makes sense. So yeah. I get that. And, uh, mine is definitely my wife. 
I figured it, your yeah, answer would the first answer for you would be your yeah, wife. Yeah, it's it, it's it. I, to be honest with you, man, I mean, I'm sure if I was married, my answer would be my husband. But. Yeah, you, you, it, it really it would because it's just that's your person. And yeah, she really is yeah. my person. She she gives me some leash, but she also knows how to reel yeah. me back in. She, I am her oldest and most difficult child. Like I, I get it, <laughs> you know, I really do get it. And uh, but you know, but she's also it's one of those things that. I love the outdoors. I love my experiences in the outdoors, but I realize that, and I, I think about, like, I, I do a lot of self-reflection and recharging mm-hmm. in the outdoors. And, but I sit there and I think you have a lot of time by yourself and I love being by myself. I love doing my lone wolf thing. Like I, yeah. in October, I went to our deer leases in South Texas. It's 2,500 acres. And you have like a campsite, which is like a bunch of trailers, like as in like, not mobile homes, but it's like the pull behind campers, the RVs, you know, RVs you know, yeah, and they're all parked there, and that's for deer season. And we leave theirs, ours there twenty four seven because we go up there all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Just to fill feeders, work on stuff, everything yeah. like that, nasty. And we just hang out, right? And so I was there by myself. My my dad came up, of course, and he's like, "Hey, man, do you have you know, weaponry?" I'm like, "Yeah, I got weaponry, man. Like, I got mm-hmm. you know, shotguns, rifles. I got." Couple of knives, you got a pistol. Oh, okay, because he's worried about me staying on 2,500 acres by myself. Yeah, I loved it, absolutely yeah. loved it. So I sat there, slept in the camper by myself on 2,500 acres with nobody else around. As far as like the self-reflection part, it's a would this be as enjoyable for me if I didn't have anybody to share my stories with? Yeah, I'm like nope, it yeah. really wouldn't. So every time that something happens, I call my wife and I'm like, hey. Guess what happened? She's like, what yeah. happened? And I'm like, well, yeah. this happened, this happened, this happened. Like, That's really cool. And then we go, I take her fishing, bait fishing with me and all that stuff. And we have experiences together. Like as in, like we were in the bay in Corpus one time and we were fishing this cove that I know. And three dolphins came up around the boat. Like mm-hmm. wild dolphins came around the boat. And I put the boat in gear. And as soon as I did that, they went to the front of the boat and they started kind of riding yeah, the wave wow. and pushing the wave. Yeah. And I have a whole video of it and everything. That's and she, cool. Wife was on the bow and all that stuff. But that's the first person I'm sharing any kind of news, yeah. good or bad with. It, it doesn't matter. It's like, hey, I am, that's that's mine. Like, yeah. that, that's me, 100%. Yeah. So, and then that's I, cool. Mm. Um, all right. So we have three questions left. Mm-hmm. So. What is one intentional thing you do every single day? And I don't mean like brush your teeth either. <laughs> oh, okay. One intentional thing that I do every single day. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, hygiene, but it's like, that's what kind of whatever. Um, I have to have make sure that all of my ducks are in a row mm-hmm. before I leave for the day. Mm-hmm. Like a hundred percent. I have to make sure that I, I take, I basically, I make sure that the people in my life, in my house, their lives are as easy as possible whenever yeah. they wake up. So I intentionally make sure that coffee is made and my wife wakes up and comes downstairs. She's got coffee. Mm-hmm. I intentionally make sure that dishes are done whenever she gets downstairs so she didn't come into work and like mm-hmm. do something to do like you know chore kind of thing yeah. i make sure the house is picked up that way it's left nice for her and it's like i make sure the kids have got everything that they need like you know they all their stuff set out for them and it's all in certain places i'm very ocd about yeah. stuff being where it lives and and things 
you know, being accessible for what you need whenever mm -hmm. everybody's up and groggy and stuff. Cause I'm very much so a morning person. Very much I'm so. Not. I am very much so a morning person. I get up, I'm, I, I sleep in for about 10 minutes and like a snooze button and then I'm up and then I'm running and I'm making sure that everything is taken care of and all of my pieces are in place to make sure my girls are taken care of. Mm -hmm. And that, that's my intentional thing that I do every yeah. single day. Yeah. So, yeah. Mine is. I tell my daughter, I love you multiple times throughout the day intentionally. Um, and I know that sounds like, okay, you, so you tell your kid, I love you. Like everybody says, does that, but I do it intentionally because I mean, and you know, my parents got divorced when I was 16. My, you know, my dad had, it was a bad divorce, whatever. A lot of, a lot of shit went down. The, the reason for the divorce completely ruined my belief in, in love, mm -hmm. in love, in marriage, in relationships, all of it shattered it. So I became very jaded, very cynical towards love. I, I don't like affection. I don't like people touching me. I couldn't say I love you to my mother for years after that. Um, like my mom is the kind of mom that if you're in front of her, whenever you go to leave, she'll give you a kiss on the cheek and say, I love you. If you're on the phone with her, when you go to hang up, she'll go, okay, I love you. Bye. Yeah. My brother and my sister, they do the same. Mm -hmm. I'm the kind of person that I would be like, okay, bye. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> I would like literally almost push her away when she would go to hug me. And then like, if I was on the phone with her, she'd be like, okay, I love you. And I would go, I would just go, okay, bye. Yeah. Because of what happened because of their divorce, mm -hmm. you know? And so, and it took me years in therapy to be able to tell my mother I loved her. And you should have seen my mom the first time I did it. Cause I intentionally did it in person the first time. That's good. And she cried. Oh, that's good. <laughs> but anyways, um, but when I became a mom, I was like, I don't want my child to grow up as jaded and cynical towards love as I am. And mm -hmm. I had, and I was, so I am, my daughter is the only person that I am affectionate with. And I intentionally, we say, I love you to each other all the time, like multiple, multiple, multiple times a day. And I don't mean like three, four times. I mean like probably 10. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me, let me ask something a little off topic, but it actually kind of feeds into what you're talking about as far as your like intentionally. So you worked up to this intentional, like what you do every day, you worked mm -hmm. up to it. And so, but like, do you, let me see if it's a correct way to say this. So, um, but do you still feel that way about your own personal relationships? Like as in with adults, like as far as like, you know, do you think that you will ever get married? Do you think that you'll have that relationship like after she's pretty much graduated I, and has her own life? It's one of those things that if it happens, I'm open to it happening, but it's not something that I'm looking for or I feel like I need. Yeah, you're not you pursuing know? it. Yeah, no. you're not actively pursuing it. No. Like you're not sitting there checking your phone for dating no. apps or anything like no, that. No, not at you're, all. You're just like, hey man, look, I'm not looking for it, but if the stars on the line, I, I'm cool. Yeah. And, but okay. it would have to be on and, and I don't know if this would even be accessible, but mm -hmm. 
but it would literally have to be perfect in order for me to be open to it because of the way that I am towards yeah. relationships and love and everything. I'm, I've, I ran from every relationship I've ever been in. Do you think you're still so, jaded in that mm-hmm. point? Oh, yeah. In that point? Oh, okay, yeah. So you're still jaded in oh, that yeah. point. Not in your relationship with your child whatsoever, oh, but yeah. as far as you, in that point of oh, your yeah. own personal relationship Definitely. with somebody else. You I need gonna... tons of therapy. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, a, it's really like good for me to kind of like, like, I just want to ask those questions. I'm sorry they're difficult questions. No, you I, like I have no problem seem, talking about it yeah, at you all. You seem pretty open. It's like, you know, I just want to know like how you work through it and yeah. then like how you got there and you know, like what you know, like you have a very deep understanding of yourself and that's oh, yeah. really cool. And it's like, I really want to have that deep understanding yeah. of myself too. And so it's like, I just don't know how to do it. And obviously you help through therapy and it's not, I'm not in therapy now, but I was in the past yeah. and the therapist that I saw, and it was around the time it was when I finally was able to say, I love you to my mother. Mm-hmm. She, the therapist helped me understand that what it was, was Anyone that I viewed as like above me mm-hmm. that basically like had the, had the ability to hurt me, mm-hmm. I would not say I love you too, because I was opening myself up to be hurt. Right. So you were just, but anyone to, that I viewed yeah. that was either like on the same level as me or below me, I don't mean like below me as, you know what I mean? Kind of like an authoritative, um, yeah. authoritative figure yeah. kind of thing. But like, anyone that was like the same level as me or below I was fine with it. Like my brother, I can say I love you to my brother all day, every day. Same, same level because yeah. you went th- same blood, same blood yeah. kind of thing. And Tracy, like yeah. your sister, yeah. all that stuff, like Aaron, they yeah. all, all them, all good. My grandmother, I could say I love you to my grandmother because my grandmother was never going to hurt me. No. You know, <laughs> but I don't know what it was about my mom. I guess it was because it was my dad that did the hurting. So it was like, he was one of the two people that you were supposed to instinctively trust in your life, your parents. Right. And he was the one that really and so blew, it's like blew up the whole thing. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, well, what is what about your mom? You know, what is she gonna do now? You know what I mean? It's always in the like, back subconsciously. of your mind. So it's always in the back of your mind. Yeah. Of like, hey man, yeah. you know, when are you gonna go off the rock? Yeah. Kind like, of thing. Waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, you're waiting for the other shoe yeah. to drop every single time. So now how how long did it take you with your stepdad? Um, well, I mean, it had to be a It was good a while, while cause because he, that's the male he figure. Came our, he, he first came into our lives when my daughter was like two weeks old. Right. But they didn't get married until she was about five. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't actually start calling. I call him dad. Yep. But I didn't actually start calling him dad until about 2012, 2013-ish. Um, and that was around the time that I was able to. Yeah, that you were able to start saying "I love you" uh, to, him to him as well, and call him dad and yeah. all that stuff. That's pretty cool. So, so, so that's a big step that you had at that point in time because yeah. that was a male authoritarian figure, yeah. like along, alongside your mom. But then it's yeah. finally you built that trust up to where it's like you don't think that other shoes are yeah. gonna drop, kind of thing. So that's really cool. So yeah, yeah and it's like. I had the same relationship kind of like that with my dad. I mean, it was just like my dad's actually starting to do the I love you's a heck of a lot more. And it's like, mm-hmm. it kind of threw me for a loop a little bit. And I'm like, I ain't got a problem. I was like, I love you too, Pop. And I was like, I'll see you later, man. You yeah. know? And just keep on rocking. You know, it's like, hey, dude, I, uh, I'm going to tell you that, yeah. It's like, I'm, <laughs> yeah, man, I love you. It was yeah. like, dude, and you know what? But the one phrase that I say the most that my wife hates with a passion, okay, <laughs> is, Love is literally proximity and time. 
Okay. Think about that for a minute. Yeah. It's literally proximity yeah. and time. Like if you were stuck on a an island and it was just somebody that you loathed, but you depended on each other every yeah. day to survive, give that ten years. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they just went away. Wow. But you loved yeah. them at the fir- at the beginning of it. You hated them at the beginning mm-hmm. of it. Maybe they have characteristics still to that day that you didn't like, but you learned to live with. But at the end of the day, proximity and time, man. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate, but it's true. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, why do you think so many people in prison keep in contact with other people in prison when they get out? <laughs> yeah. They spend a lot of time with each other and yeah. saw each other every single yeah. day, and they became really, really buddies. And it's like, hey, that's one of my, my best friends yeah. from prison. And, so, and to us, it sounds weird. But if you take into the proximity and time situation. I've never thought it, about it that way. It's yeah. proximity and time. I'm telling yeah. you, it's different, but yeah. Um, let's see. It's. Oh, that was a one. Okay, one thing. I was I was rereading the question. I'm sorry. So I was just making sure that we covered everything yeah. because yeah, that was yeah. So basically, it's just taking care. Of, like we're both on the same page. It's just taking care of your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, taking care of your house in one way or another. In one way or another, yeah. it's taking care of your house. Yeah. And my my thing is why I do all those things in the in the mornings and all that stuff. It's my. Love it's, language. I was about to say, it's like your love language. My love language is acts of service. Yeah. Like a, a acts of service, yeah. 100%. My wife's is physical touch and words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I've had to learn to jive with that because I'm not a very super I don't know if I could person. be with someone that their love language was physical touch because I don't like affection. Well, so I'm like, I don't know if I could deal with that. To be honest with you, <laughs> sometimes... Whenever I'm in bed and I am warm and she sticks her cold feet on me, I wish that was not her love language. I really wish that it wasn't. That's the words of affirmation and stuff like that. She really needs like that stuff, and it took me a little mm-hmm. while to figure that out. And she really needs it. It's like, and it's just simple stuff every day. It's like you look really pretty today. Yeah, you know, and it's like. You know, you can't say, but you don't say that nonchalantly. You got to believe in what you're saying. You're like, oh, you look pretty today. You know, there's none of that stuff. It's like, it's like a, hey, bud, how are you doing? You look really good today. (laughs) You know, like real good today. I wish y'all could see the look that he he just gave the cabinet. No, no, I was looking at the the arm for the mic and I was checking that out. It looked like you were looking at the cabinet. Yeah, I was checking that out. He just kind of did the up and down look. look, uh, Looked like. (laughs) I undressed the cabinet up and down, and I was like, hey, buddy, how you doing? You're looking pretty good today. That's you know? so funny. Like, hey. you know, but it's just like, you got to, like, I, I I call it out. I was like, hey, are those new jeans? And I was like, I noticed. And I was like, yeah. they're a little tight. You know, it's like, it's just stuff like that that yeah. I make sure to mention. It's like, hey, did you do something different with your hair, hair today? And I was like, yeah, that's the little bouncy curl. Like, it looks really, really nice. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's just things that I know for a fact that, she does them for me to notice, and I make sure that I notice. Right. And it's like, especially like, her favorite thing is testing me on what new decorations she put outside a house. <laughs> well, did you notice the house? And I'm like, well, no. Like, what's 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 wrong with the house? There's nothing wrong with the house. Like, I put up some decorations. Did you notice them? I was like, <laughs> well, not immediately. I was like more tunnel vision into the house and to hang out with you guys. But let me go check it out. You yeah. know, kind of thing. But then, when later on, years down the road of, you know, making sure that I noticed these things, mm-hmm. oh, I just, I get out and I'm like, okay, what's different around here? 
<laughs> you know, like I'm like sitting there talking to myself. It's like, like I spy. Like yeah, I'm like okay, did she do something today? No, I don't think so. Okay, but we'll figure it out later. And then yeah. I go like around the house. I'm like, is there anything different in here? It's like no. It's like how's her hair? Or is it different? And we're like no, we're good. <laughs> we're like well, she does look, she does look good in those PJs. It's like hey, how you doing? You know, <laughs> it's just, like, that's it. that's just that goofy stuff that I do. So, but it's just, so but I get to make her laugh. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's okay. And let's see. Uh, okay, so this is my next my question. Yes. Which is describe what home feels like to you. So I think my answer is not going to be my home or mm-hmm. even anything to do with my child for once. Oh, cool. <laughs> it is the smell of my grandmother's house. That's cool. The comfort of her couch and the knowledge that she is in the next room just puttering around. <laughs> yes, she butters. Yes, she that is what home feels like to me. And that's what it feels like to you: the smell, the feeling, and just knowing that, that, pro- she's, that there. she's there. That's it. Yeah. And, yeah, and the cool part is you're right down the road. So yeah. now, but that's better than that's probably the best you can get. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. And you're accessible. You're available mm-hmm. to if she ever needs you, which yeah. I'm sure she does sometimes. And it's like, yeah. But I mean, she basically raised us, you know. Oh, and I know. She raised my. She helped me raise my daughter. Oh yeah. So I'm sure my daughter would probably agree with me on that answer. <laughs> but yeah, that's my answer. That's what home is for me. You know, my my home, my my wherever I'm at and my wife and my kids are like just basically fumbling all over me like fum- like mm-hmm. we're just running into each other constantly it's my favorite part of having a smaller like a smaller house and my house isn't that small around, but yeah. it's two story and everything but still it's like there's pinch points and we can't get past one each other without bumping into each right. other and like messing with each other and it's like that's that's my home. And it's like, mm-hmm. we do that wherever we go. We have a lot, of, we, we have homes that we, you know, we have the ranch, you know, we have mm-hmm. the lake house, we have corpus, but we all feel comfortable there when all of us are there. So it's more like just y'all being together. Us being, wherever we're at together yeah. is pretty much like home. We can make a home out of wherever and love us we're together, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Like, even when we're on vacation, you give us a couple of days, we're settled into that place and we're at home there. I never have a problem with it. That's so awesome. home, home has always been a functional, like a house, has always been a functional place for me. It's yeah. never, because I've always grown up with Fred, and that's my dad. And he's very much so go, 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 yeah. go, go all the time. Yeah. So home was just a place for you to come, come to, sleep in, eat at, and shower, then and then go. Either you're yeah. going to work. Or you're going to play. And see, it was always the opposite for my my side of the family. Mm-hmm. Ours was a place for you for you to gather. It's a castle. For you to be with. It was a castle. Be together at. And, it was a castle. You know, my grandmother's home was the one that she lived in in Houston that we grew up in. That was that was where everybody gathered. Mm-hmm. You know, she kept all her grandkids while her parents worked, and you know, every single person's birthday when we were growing up. I mean. Was there in grandma's Once house. we got a little older, it stopped. But yeah. growing up, we had a family get together for every single person's birthday at her house. Mm-hmm. And if it was during the week, then it was just when our parents got off work, everybody gathered. That's what we did over you there, know? too. So, I saw you guys. Yeah. So it was, I grew up as the house was your home. Yeah. It, it was wasn't a castle. functional. Yeah. yeah it, it was, was not castle. a functional place for our yeah, family. It, it was a home. It was a, ca- it was a castle. So that's why I think mine is yeah. my grandmother's house, the comfort of her couch, the knowledge that she's in the next room, you know? Yeah. It's, 
that's home for you. All right. So last question of the night. You ready for this one? Mm-hmm. When do you feel most like yourself? Is it when you're out in the office? Yeah. To be honest with you, you, you know the answer to the question already. I figured already. it was either going to be figure, when you're with your family or when you're my, outdoors. With my wife and kids <laughs> or when I'm outside. Honestly, when I'm outdoors with my wife and kids is Even like better. the pinnacle for me. <laughs> like the absolute pinnacle, that, It's so funny that man. you say this because mine is the complete opposite once again. But that's cool. No, that, that's a cool. Because like, I'm, always, I'm, I'm, I'm showing them everything that... I, I love like yeah. I'm showing the people that I love the most the things that I love the most mm-hmm. so it's like that's like my complete being I have all of my com- my beings that complete me and mm-hmm. then I have all of the things that fulfill me so right. it's like right like, it's the best of everything for right. me mine would honestly it, it makes me sound like a lazy person okay <laughs> but mine is actually I feel most like myself when I'm just on my couch in my comfy clothes with no makeup on and my dog laying next to me. That's cool. But it's not me. It's honestly not me being lazy. It's finally getting a chance to sit down and relax because I'm a single parent to a a 16 year old teenager that is bipolar and ADHD. So I have, constant stress you got a lot going on man (laughs) you got a lot going on i mean just being a single parent to a 16 year old is enough but then you add the other part so it's constant worry constant stress you know and i work full time as well so being able to just sit down and not have any expectations on me is great yeah that is just, it, I just get to just sit there and just not have to worry about anything. Yeah, you just get to be, sit there and be. Yeah. Yeah, you get to sit there so, and be. Like, I, I, I've told my, like, my, my wife, like, she's like, what do you like so much about being out there alone? And like, she doesn't understand. She never, she didn't understand why I wanted to be alone so much mm-hmm. and why I like being alone so much. And I was like, because, I, because the exact thing that you just said is that I just get to be. Yeah. And that's it. I don't have anybody to take care of. I don't have mm-hmm. any responsibilities that I have to do right now. I just get to be. And it's not that I don't want those responsibilities. And it's not that I don't no. want to take care of those people or whatever. It's just sometimes I just need that time. You need, need a break. To stop. Yeah. You, you know? Need a little you time, man. Need a little <laughs> yeah. me time, man. It's like, so. that's how I, and, and I, and I tell, tell my wife the same thing. Yeah. My wife tells me the same thing. Like, you need a little bit of you time. Yeah. I was like, I need a little bit of recharge. Yeah. I call it recharge. Like, yeah, I need a recharge, but that's that's why I went out to that's why I went out to at least by myself that one time because I just needed a recharge mm-hmm. and I just do mm-hmm. me. And, and I, yeah. That's what I asked for. That's what I wanted. Uh, want for my birthday. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just the, a, my next birthday. I said I want a, a one weekend mm-hmm. completely alone, no mm-hmm. child, no dogs, no cat. Mm-hmm. I just want to be completely alone for two whole days. Yeah. Here or do you want I to go somewhere? I don't care where it is. Oh, you could you could go I don't somewhere care if, you want if it's to. here. I don't care if it's in a hotel. I don't care if it's. I don't care where it's at. Staycation, vacation. I whatever. just want to be completely alone for two days. That's cool. That, that's that's it. what I want for my birthday. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> that, that, and it's funny how you ask for material things when you're younger because yeah. you want things and you can't really afford things yeah. or whatnot and everything. And you ask for these things, and then whenever you get older, you just want experiences, and that's yeah. a type of experience. Yeah. And it's literally that's what I want is experience. Yeah. I don't ever because give because even my, when my daughter isn't home, I still have the dogs and the cat constantly at my feet. And I constantly have to take care of them as well, you know? Yeah. So there's always something to take care of for me. Yeah. So it's like, I just need two days completely alone, nothing in the world to do, but sit there and read a book. There you go. Or watch a movie or, or whatever, whatever, you know, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Just a chance to decompress. Yeah. They're like, I completely yeah. get that. And then it's like, there's a lot of decompressing that needs to go on especially with a single parent mm -hmm. so it's a lot i was not a single parent for a very long time but i completely get it yeah. and you it's it's all you it's yeah. all on you and it's all you i mean yeah she's gonna help out but she's gonna have her own list of chores to do but at the mm -hmm. end of the day it's all you yeah and I was like, yeah and that's cool like, but there's a lot of there, there's a lot of good strength in bootstrapping there's yeah. a lot of good strength yeah. in bootstrapping. so it's like single parents are so, probably some of the strongest people that you'll mm -hmm. ever meet by far mm -hmm. ever meet because they're they're they burned their ships a long time ago there is no retreat yeah none yeah. like that's uh, and that's what uh cortez and the conquistadors did because the conquistadors did not want to you know they were kind of bailing out wanting to go back to spain cortez burned the ships <laughs> that's where it came from they burned yeah. the ships so they couldn't retreat they couldn't go back and it's like here there's only one way to go that way yeah you know that's that's what single parents yeah. do. They burn their ships. Yeah. There is no f option for failure. No. There's not. My motto is I'll figure it out. That's exactly how it is. Yep. That's, that's, that's I, I can't tell you how many times I've said that to my daughter. I'll figure we'll it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. That's all it is. You'll figure it out. And that's all it is as a parent, single parent, dad, and, provider. You know, there's we'll times where, you know, as a single parent, I live paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I don't even know if I count, I'd consider it payday to payday anymore because by the time I pay the mortgage and buy groceries, yeah. I'm down to less than two hundred dollars. Yeah. Until my next paycheck. Yeah, and you gotta you make know? it last. I gotta make that last for two weeks. Yeah, and then you still got car. Yeah. And you still got insurance and you still got whatever she's got so, going on. So and then my next paycheck of the month pays all the bills. Yeah. So once I get all those paid exactly. and buy groceries. Yeah. Like there's times where I have less than twenty dollars <coughs> in my bank account. Yeah. You know, and I'm like but I'm going to figure it out. You're going to figure I'm it gonna out. I'm going to figure out how to scrape that th That's exactly through until my how, next paycheck. Uh, how it goes. And we do. Yep. And you do. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, what, anything else you want to talk about? No, I think that's pretty much it. We covered all our questions. Yeah, we did cover all our questions. That so, was fun. Well, I'm going to get back to yeah. the old man. So, because well, he's in I appreciate you coming. Thank you. And being on our show. Um, just as a reminder to everybody, this is one of the, this is the end of season one for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, Troy is going to spend the next couple months with his wife and son, David, and their new baby, who mm. is coming any day now. Um, we all actually, everybody in our family kind of guessed what day he will be born on. And so my sister actually guessed tomorrow, so she's really hoping the baby's born tomorrow. I'm like, no, nah, mm -mm. I got the 10th. Yeah, oh, you got the pool going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in the meantime, guys, while Troy and I are on a break, my daughter and I are actually going to start our own podcast show that I'm really excited about. Um, it's not going to be on Happily Ever Random's page or whatever. Um, we're starting our own show called abnormal normalcy 
That's cool, man. <laughs> I like that name. That's so cool. So it's basically the premise of it for us is kind of the summary that I put together was we're not experts. We're not licensed professionals. Just a mom and a single, just a single mom and a teenage daughter navigating this crazy life. We both have our own share of mental health struggles and neither one of us have ever fit into what society would consider quote unquote normal. So long ago, we decided we would create our own version of normal. So that is what this is, our current journey and everything that has led up to it. Come along for the ride as we discover our abnormal normalcy. That's awesome. So it's just going to be kind of a show with me and my daughter talking about life, our journeys, mental health, all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. Um, We'll probably have guests on it. That's you know, cool. so you're welcome to come and be a yeah. guest on it. Whenever you um, say the words, you know, you know, I'm always there. Man. I'm sure some of her friends will come on. Um, we'll have teenagers on for it. <laughs> you, you do so much better at the podcast than so, I do in starting them up, man. So if I ever had one, it'd be called Whiskey Tango Fredro, and guess what it would be about? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But so stay tuned for that, guys. I will let y'all know when that is going to start. It'll be in a couple weeks, probably two weeks or so. Um, but... Other than that, we will see y'all happily ever random. We'll see y'all in a couple months when we come back. So, adios. Have a good night, guys, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.